Hey there, spooky friends. It's Megan. And before we hop into the episode, I want to tell y'all a little bit about what we've got coming up in person next. We're so excited to announce that our friends at Little Cottage Brewing have invited us back for a monthly spot with trivia. So that means it's time to mark your calendars with a few dates to come hang out with us and play along. On December 13th, join us for Creepy Holiday Trivia, where we'll have questions ranging from spooky holiday traditions around the world, mischievous holiday mythical beings, holiday-themed horror movies, and more. Then, on January 17th, join us again for a deck themed around fears and phobias. Last but not least on the calendar is February 14th for a theme of romance and scorned lovers in horror. We can't wait to see you on December 13th, January 17th, and February 14th for some excellent craft beer and a scary good time. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. Now, on to the episode. love for music has always been a part of my story, and to a large extent, how I tend to enjoy movies. My partner gets tired of me saying, oh, the music is just so good, or asking what it happened in the narrative because my mind was wrapped up in a sweeping, deeply emotional score. When I need to concentrate, I listen to the Interstellar or Dune soundtracks. Zimmer is probably my favorite contemporary composer. When I want to relax, it's Howard Shore's mesmerizing Lord of the Rings score. I'm sure there's no surprise there. And if I really want to feel like an actual superhero during my workout, it's Rupert Gregson Williams' compositions for Wonder Woman. When I was in high school, I was a major band geek. I was drum major during marching season, first chair for concert and symphony seasons, and spent most of my free time in practice rooms playing scales over and over again in preparation for honor band season. During one of these honor bands, a musical gauntlet consisting of quick tryouts for seat placement, then a few short hours for rehearsal before playing a full concert with 100 to 200 of your never-before-performed-with peers. We had the pleasure of performing a Disney medley, which, you can imagine, delighted most of us playing the music in 2005. Part of the medley was the stampede section of the Lion King score, which features a dies irae, literally translated from the Latin for Day of Wrath. As one does when one stares at a page of sheet music for hours on end, I began to notice this theme everywhere. It's not a subtle theme. If you're a film fan at all, you'll recognize it once you hear it. Most people know it from Mozart's Requiem in D minor, which borrowed the theme from a 13th century Gregorian chant to thrust it into public consciousness. Soon it started popping up in music from Holst, Saint Saints, Berlioz, and Litz, to name a few, 
and it finds its way into the oral backgrounds of our favorite movies to convey messages of danger, fear, and impending doom. But why does it sound so creepy? Well, that has less to do with music theory, although that does play a part, and more with social conditioning. To Western audiences, melodies written in major keys like Happy Birthday or Call Me Maybe sound happy and upbeat. Whereas melodies written in minor keys like Stairway to Heaven or Losing My Religion sound sad and gloomy. That's me in the corner. Because most of us have spent our lives conditioning this association that major means happy and minor means sad, we automatically associate something like the dies irae, a melody composed of just four notes, with the first pair being a minor second and the second pair being a minor third, the quintessential doom sound. So where does this show up in movie soundtracks, and why is it used so frequently? Well, to answer the second question first, it comes down to timing. Movies have a short amount of time to convey a lot of information, and it not only has to look good, it has to sound and feel good, which is a lot for a score to shoulder. Using the dies irae, which audiences are familiar with already, allows the composer to communicate complex ideas in a very short amount of time and provides a framework from which to build larger, film-specific themes. A few examples of soundtracks that use the dies irae are, of course, The Lion King. Ah. So you haven't told them your little secret. Well, Simba, now's your chance to tell them. Tell them who is responsible for Mufasa's death. Star Wars. The Nightmare Before Christmas. The Lord of the Rings. And Sweeney Todd. And if you've seen The Shining, that entire soundtrack is basically one big dies irae. Now that you know about the dies irae, you can't unhear it. You're so welcome. See how many of your favorite movies feature it in their scores. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show so you can get more geeky music trivia from the scary stories we have coming up in our schedule. If you loved this content, please share the link with your buds and leave us a five-star review so other folks can find our content. The Clever Goals podcast is run by Blair, Megan, Melissa, and Marissa. This episode was made by Blair. Our intro and outro music was created for us by Josh Marshall. You can find links to his content in the show notes. For more episodes, expanded show notes, and other spooky content, find us on your favorite social media platform through our handle at Clever Goals. Thanks for listening.